Hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. Uh, Mary. This is our show. This is our 40th episode, 4-0. That means there were 39 episodes previous. I'm good at math. High five. Today we're going to be answering some questions that people asked us on Twitter. Uh, what we did when we said, hey, we're going to have our 40th episode. We should answer some, some questions maybe. And people asked us some questions. So we're going to answer those. The first question is from Board Game Skunkworks. I really enjoyed Tom's article about his winsome games for Katie's Game Corner. Would you be willing to discuss the experience more? Any train games in the pipeline for Hollenspiel? I'm certainly willing to discuss the experience more. There's just not a whole lot more to say about it necessarily. I've really enjoyed working with Winsome and working with John. Uh, I learned a lot from the experience, and it's really helped uh, raise my profile as a designer. Just good stuff all around, really, and I'm really happy with that that relationship. Uh, as far as train games for Hollenspiel, I mean, we talked about that before, Mary. We we're interested in that, maybe, but we don't have plans right at this minute. Components-wise, they're generally not too extensive, uh, with the exception of like 18xx games, which we wouldn't get into uh, because of the licensing fee. Yeah. Uh, which we totally believe that licensing fee is just. Uh, this is to have be an official 18xx, uh, making sure that Francis Tresham gets his due. Because uh, it's important to us as a company that, that values designers and values their intellectual property that uh, the original designer of the 18xx also benefit from other games in that series. But because of the license and because of how components intensive they are, it's just not something that we can get into presently for the 18xx. But for kind of smaller train games, cube rail type games, there's not as much going on components-wise. And uh, because of that, uh, that might be a better fit for us some point down the road. Uh, I will say, just thinking about it now, talking about now with the components, because the Winsome games are so distilled, because the rules are so short and clear and simple, and the components are not really extensive, uh, that kind of got me into certain habits as a designer. Uh, which have served me pretty well, I think, with my war games, because my war games, on the whole, generally are less complex uh, than other war games on the market. And it's more of uh, almost a train gamer sensibility, I guess, to the war games. Um, so that's another way in which I'm really glad that I was able to work with Winsome, and that really paid off for us. Jacob Martin asks, Tom has often talked about his design aesthetic what I would term as brittle, stable until the game state shifts catastrophically. What types of scales or settings do you feel this style simulates best? Really, I tend to look for lopsided situations that shouldn't be lopsided. A good example would be Blood in the Fog, the Inkerman game. It's about the Battle of Inkerman. Uh, this huge army of Russians attacks this teeny tiny force of, of British and then French when they come into it. And... They've and, and Mary's picket. Yes, they do have Mary's picket. That's yes. that might might be the deciding factor. I, I think so. But they, uh, you know, they do this sneak attack in the cover of this dense fog that pretty much negates the technological advantages of the British and French, and the British and French wipe the floor with them, and that shouldn't that shouldn't have happened. So it's finding out how did that happen, and then creating mechanisms that. Uh, recreates that 
and uh, I was able to do that using some feedback loops so that as things go bad they keep getting bad and that kind of allows it to you know as you say shift catastrophically and so I was looking for a situation like that in which things didn't turn out the way they were supposed to you know on paper eventually led to me realizing that what I really like are these games where you have this this status quo that that just crumbles for me that's very dynamic uh, supply lines has that to a degree and the thing with supply lines is that both sides are really quite weak and vulnerable and you're trying to manage that vulnerability and trying to find a way to slip the knife in as it were and so I think a situation like that which both sides are, are just one bad move away from from crumbling where it's a really tenuous uh, situation I think that works really well for this kind of uh, brittle aesthetic and I really like that word brittle I really like that word applied here I think it really works well so thank you for that I'm going to start using that going forward you also get it with kind of political situations I found there's some wild swings of fortune in uh, the realms of politics and public opinion uh, and yet there's a tendency for things to calcify and I think all those elements together can result in a compelling game experience with this sort of aesthetic. I hope that kind of answers the question. It's something that I really just became aware of that I was doing this as I kept doing it. It wasn't something that like where consciously I went in to game design like I'm gonna do games like this. It was more oh yeah my last four games all had this. Maybe this is what I should be doing. Maybe this is something I should be consciously thinking about. Because as I talked about on, on the blog and in this podcast my my design process is really more it's more instinctual and less analytical so I kind of only became aware of this as people have been talking about my games and as I've continued to design games and it's a space I'm definitely looking forward to uh, exploring further. Wayne Walker asks have you come up with a catchy series name yet for your solitaire game where you move chits from cup to cup until Wayne loses? (laughs) We haven't yet what I've been doing with that particular mechanism is I've been calling it, you know, the cup adjustment mechanism. Mary's pointed out that that maybe has a different, that could have a different meaning uh, for people than what I uh, intend. So uh, it's it's a matter of trying to find a name for it. Uh, but that's the mechanism. As far as like the series name, what I'm on the fence about here is. When I think of a series, uh, I tend to conceptualize it as having a single rule set. Now, you might have game-specific, module-specific, scenario-specific rules for a given title. So, the basic rules are this, but in this particular game, you add these two rules. Or you add this rule for that game. So, for me, that's how I conceptualize a series where you, you learn one game, you basically learn the other games. You know how to play them. You just need to make an adjustment for this rule or that one. That's not really the case with Agricola, Master of Britain, and Charlemagne, Master of Europe. And that while they have a lot of mechanical similarities, the rule sets are, are markedly different. Where if you learn to play Agricola, while it might make it easier to learn to play Charlemagne, you don't know how to play Charlemagne yet. And if you've learned to play Charlemagne, it might make it easier to learn to play Agricola, but you don't know how to play Agricola yet because there are things that are done quite differently in those two games. And 
the other two games I'm looking at currently uh, at kind of doing using that same kind of uh, set of mechanisms uh, it's the same story where the game is really quite different from the other ones so for me while, while together they're kind of a family I don't really conceptualize them as a series and I'm hesitant to come up with a series name and that probably sounds really silly but that's that's just my, my silly thing that if it's a series an actual series with one core overriding rule set then I want to have it want it to have a series name Travis D Hill asks how can you two consistently be the best couple out there thank you very much Travis yes thank you Mary I don't think we're the best couple out there but thank you for that well we, we do okay though yeah we get along all right we get along better than a, a lot of couples that we know, actually. Yep. Been together for a while. How many years, Tom? Uh, that'd be uh, 14 That's years right. and seven days. The question was, how many years? <laughs> if you want to go there. Just pick it up for, for last time. If you want to go there. Okay, so uh, seven days. How many hours? Uh, six days and uh, twelve hours and, and something because we're not we're not we're not quite at the time yet when we actually tied the knot. Went down, went down to Toledo to get married because that way my mother couldn't attend. And uh, yeah, she could not leave the state. Could not leave the state. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, went down and went before the judge and. Then went in front of a reverend and held hands and I dude and then we did. So it worked out okay. Yeah, sure did. I, I wouldn't trade Aww. the last 14 years for anything. Me neither. I feel very, very lucky. Yeah. I am very lucky. I'm, I'm luckier because I, I have you. So, well, that's it for this week. Talk to you guys later. Bye.